This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Welcome to part two of the weekend mailbag. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And I am joined by the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. And of course, above all of that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. So let's jump right back into the mailbag with Keith. And Keith asks... Hey guys, as much as I love the very big deal, the only thing I love more is Justified. So I had some questions for you since you guys That's said fair. that you're fans of the show. Yeah, I think it's fair too. He says, what was your favorite scene slash storyline from Justified? Also, was there ever a better character on television than Win Duffy? So let's start with the scene slash storyline. I'm not going to go with the Raylan versus Boyd thing because that carried on the entire series, so I feel like that's cheating. I'm going to go with the feud that Raylan had with the Bennett family. That one was really cool. I like how they sprinkled in Loretta. She was great, and I continue to enjoy her work now that she's on that show that Tim Allen is on on Fox. As far as favorite scene, Chris, I was talking to you about this before we started recording, but I absolutely loved when they were doing the Drew Thompson manhunt and Art pulls Raylan and Rachel aside for a 60-second soliloquy, talking about even though they're going to go catch this guy, he admires how awesome the guy is and then runs down all the reasons that the guy's awesome and says he's a badass. And Rachel's like, what? And then Raylan looks at her and goes, well, I mean, the guy is pretty badass. So that's probably my favorite scene. And as far as Win Duffy... There may be better characters that were on television, but he's one of my all-time favorites. Just perfect in that devious, methodical bad guy. Jerry Burns is one of the underrated character actors of our time. I loved him as Kirk on Dear John, which is the first opportunity that I got to see his work on that show. He played kind of a sleazeball womanizer. Then he was on Burn Notice as this shady psychiatrist for the military who was actually working a deep cover-ops and was revealed to be a devious bad guy which prepared him for the role that he had in Justify, which was my favorite role that he's had to date which is of course win duffy who was with the dixie mafia he wasn't a bad guy but boy did he know how to pull the strings of all the bad guys absolutely one of the best characters of any show that i've ever watched and one of the most riveting characters on justified overall no question about it yeah, unfortunately, I have to go with the same scene as you. I would, I want to try to pick something different. And there, the the whole entire six seasons, there's great, great, great scenes throughout. But man, that scene is just the best. There, you can I can't even really sit here and try to pick a second best. That scene is just so great. Just everything about it, Rachel's face, and then Raylan just being like. I mean, you got to admit, like, that is pretty <laughs> awesome. That is badass. Like, that is just phenomenal. Uh, I'm with you on the Bennett stuff. Also, everything with El- Elston Limehouse, yes. you know, those whole stuff, all that's great. And I love Win Duffy. Win Duffy is great, but he is no Omar. And it's a completely different type of show, but he is no Ron Swanson either. So Ron Swanson from Parks and Rec, he is no Omar from The Wire. Uh, Omar from The Wire is going to go down, and I just I can't imagine any, anything really topping that character for me. So that those are my answers. But Win Duffy is up there probably probably top five definitely 100 percent of top 10 he is just an awesome hilarious character 
since you mentioned Elston Limehouse, I should bring up that boy has he come a long way since being Bubba in Forrest Gump, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, a little bit of a tone shift there, a little bit of a difference in character. Nice to show some range because that is a, a little bit of a different character to portray, but he pulled it off. And the second thing I'll say is, just as Art, who's played by Nick Searcy, said in that scene we were just talking about, can we take a second to acknowledge that Nick Searcy is awesome? He really is. And <laughs> just the parts, like we said, that, that scene that we're talking about st- stands above everybody else. But really, you could pick any scene between Art and Raylan. You could pick any scene between Tim and Raylan. Just the tension that's always there bubbling and the way that they converse and just like you could sense the tension, but they'd still be cracking jokes with each other. And there was always this balance of tension and and respect between them. And it's just fascinating to watch. And he was really just so good because he played that at all times where you you felt that you completely understood it. He was so great. The acting in that show is just absolutely phenomenal. Art was such an underrated character. And Nick Searcy is such a great actor, man. I can't wait to really fully dive back into the show. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Next question comes in from Matthew Pearl. He says, can we get a schedule breakdown? What's going on with OTAs and when does training camp start? This is really more your territory, Chris. Yeah, okay. So uh, there's June 4th, 5th, and 6th. They have a three-day mandatory mini camp. And then after that, it'll be a, a about six weeks until they start training camp. They haven't released the training camp schedule yet, but it's always the last week of July that that starts. Um, so it, you'll have June 4th, 5th, and 6th, the mandatory mini camps. You see Le- Le'Veon Bell there for those three days. And then we'll have a nice extended break where I'll be spending a lot of time down in, in LBI down at the shore and enjoying <laughs> that time off before we get into the hot, humid days of training camp. But again, they haven't announced that date, but that'll be the last week of July. 
Next question comes in from Anthony. He says, why is it so important for reporters to get all the inner workings of what went down with the Mac ouster? It's kind of absurd. And of course, he can't say what he really wants to, which is Mac was a failed GM. So Mac lost his job. So the reason that they keep asking about it and trying to get all the details is because they're reporters and that's their job. I don't really know what else to tell you. I know that at a certain point it seems repetitive, but they've got to do their best to try to get the story. As far as Gase saying what he really wants to say, I suppose that you could say he really wants to be like Jack Nicholson in A Few Good Men and say, you're damn right I ordered the code red. But yeah, he's smart enough not to go quite that far. We all know what happened, though. Yeah, I, I think I would probably be the only one that would really love it if he did that. And that, that <laughs> I would st- stand up and give him a standing ovation if he did that. Be like, thank you, finally, respect. And everybody would be looking at me like I was crazy because I am crazy. So that's fair. Um, but yeah, this it, we hear this all the time. And even I saw some of this with, with Jets fans. Before Gase was hired by the Jets, before we even had a thought that the Jets would entertain hiring Gase, uh, Gase got fired in Miami, and the Miami reporters were trying to explain some of the reasoning behind it and this, and all that. So then uh, uh, I forget who it was, but was was going after a Miami reporter saying this was unnecessary. No, it's necessary, and it's also extremely necessary here because it'd be one thing if they cleaned house, then you don't really need to know the inner workings as much, but they got rid of one guy because the new guy came in and pulled a bunch of strings to get rid of him. So it is still very relevant. It is very pertinent information because Adam Gase is still here. So to be able to dig in and find more of the stuff out, what really happened, that will help give you insight to how it's going. Things are going to go moving forward from here. I get it, but also, there's some plenty of fans out there that want more of this information. I know that a lot of fans are sick of it, and I understand that they're sick of it. But tune it out, man. Don't click on those stories. Don't get upset at those tweets. They're going to come. Reporters are going to do their job, and they're going to report. And especially because of the time of year right now, there's not so much new stuff for us to talk about this is still hanging around so people are still going to try to dig and then it's just like when when i first reported that there was actually a rift here that tony pauline and lombardi were correct that there was a rift the only reason why i looked into it was because people asked me about it so i said all right let me look into it so sometimes that's it's just that simple too again fans you're not all in agreement. There's going to be fans that want the information. There's going to be fans that don't want the information. But a reporter's job is to find whatever information there is out there. And most reporters aren't like me. They report on everything that they they hear. I don't. I very very rarely report everything I hear. If I'm reporting everything I hear, that means that I probably just heard one thing, and this is all I can give you on that. So it, it's going to be different, but at, at, all I can really say is just don't pay attention to it then. It, it's it's going to happen. It's going to come out. But it, at the end, it's already happened. We can't change it. So just ride, ride with it, see how where this goes and where it takes us, and then we will add on to it from there because the story is going to change. 
that everything about it is going to evolve and change, and they're going to be addressing new problems soon enough. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before, and I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Piggybacking on what you just said, Chris, Tom asks... What is going on with all of these people on social media who think that they're reporters talking like they have sources? What is it they think they're getting out of this? We all know who the reporters are who actually have sources. Why do people feel the need to lie? Do they just want to feel like they're more important than they are? Probably. I can't get inside the heads of people that are doing this. I've said this many times because people will ask me questions. I know more than most people about what's going on, but it's not because I have sources. It's because I talk to people who have sources. In other words, I talk to Daryl. I talk to Matt. I talk to Chris. I talk to people that have sources around the team and around the league. That's where I get my information from. I'm not the one that has sources that are feeding me stuff. So I don't sit there and pretend like I know more than I do or I'm some sort of insider. I'll tell you what I've heard from talking to Chris or Daryl or Matt or whoever else. That's pretty much what I can gather. As far as other people, I really don't know what their motivation is. I would guess that they just feel this need to puff themselves up. And there's some sort of inner gratification that they get from people thinking that they know more than they do or that they're a quote-unquote insider. Other than that, I don't really know what to say. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, we've been talking about this for a while because it's a really weird trend to me. Uh, the only explanation I can think of is just is just social media in general and the way that it kind of corrupts people and the, the people seek their attention through it because it's really, really odd to me how all of a sudden there's all these fans who want to act like they have inside sources and they know this all types of stuff. They they know the inside scoop and they know what's really going on and they're sitting there just talking about about it and bragging about it and I don't understand what you're getting from it. Are you just trying to dupe everybody and just build up your follower account? I like I get why at least get why somebody who's a, a reporter or in in this area would try to inflate uh, their sources and try to paint it like that. I can at least understand the rationale to that, although I would not ever recommend anybody doing it because eventually it's going to blow up in your face and you're going to lose everything. But I can at least, I know what the purpose is. I know what the goal is there. I don't get it with uh, with the fans, but it's, it's a weird trend. But it's also it's similar to the trend of any time that Beat reporters are talking about one thing, and then I put out a tweet that disagrees with them, and then all of a sudden my mentions are filled with people tagging the other reporters and making it look like I'm taking shots at that the other reporter. It is a really weird trend where people try to do stuff like that and try to stir up drama, and sometimes maybe they just want to put themselves in the center of the drama. Maybe they want people sitting there questioning them. Maybe they just like the attention that they get from it. I don't know. There's, 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 I, we got to know that there's got to be so many different studies going on, sociological studies into social media and everything now, and it would be fascinating to, to 
dig into some of those studies to see the reasoning behind why a lot of people do what they do on social media. But my guess is a lot of it's just for attention. I like to call it incarcerated Bob syndrome. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. And again, I'm different because I've never been comfortable with attention. I was an only child. If I was getting attention, it meant I was getting in trouble. So, <laughs> and, and I was getting in trouble a lot. Uh, I was always causing problems, trouble. So uh, attention to me is, it's weird. I, 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 I shy away from it, but there's a lot of people who, get their attention from social media. That's just how it is. When you're a very big deal, you don't really care if people think you're a very big deal. Exactly. Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hooping with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you you get your podcast. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Next question comes in from Sal Siegel. He says, how has Darnold's throwing motion changed? I'll throw this to you, Chris, because I only saw quick highlights of what he was doing at OTAs. Did you notice anything in his throwing motion? It did look like he tightened up his, uh, his to wind up delivery a little bit. Uh, I'll have to get a couple more days of practice in to really look at it again with the the upstairs balcony angle, I can only get so many angles there, and it was just one practice, and, you know, it's been a while since I really set, uh, watched him throw the ball last year, so I'll have to do that, and I was actually going to ask ask him a question about it yesterday, but they've been, they haven't been letting us in the locker room. They've been bringing the guys to the with the podium so far and groups things and I didn't want to ask him and then have everybody else write that story too so I'm a, I'm a wait on that but once we see some more practices I'm definitely going to pay closer attention to that it does seem like he tightened it up a little bit it's a little bit quicker release but that that's just the first impression like give me a couple more practices before I proclaim that to be absolutely true Next question comes in from Mark. He says, for all the crap people give Jude about Alex Smith, should we all pat him on the back for what he did to Matt Miller the other day? (laughs) So for anybody that doesn't know what this reference is about, Matt Miller from Bleacher Report came out on Twitter after the Jets fired some scout. Adam Gase was the one who pulled the trigger on that. And said that Jets fans have his permission to switch teams as long as they don't become Patriot fans. Which is like, thanks, Matt. I didn't know I needed your permission to do that. I think I responded with a quote tweet saying, Thank you, Pope Matthew. I really appreciate this blessing that you have given us, the Jet fans. Blessed be the fruit, you know? I think it's hilarious that he probably thought that this was going to be another one of those ha-ha-ha-ha Jets comments, and he ended up getting taken to town by Jude. It's funny because as much as we rag on Jude for being stubborn and for the Alex Smith stuff, when it comes to things like that, boy, he pulls those receipts out, man. And he was all over Miller with these old tweets just making him look worse and worse and worse by the second. Connor Rogers, a friend of this show, sorry, buddy, I don't want to go after your guy like this, but... Jude was doing God's work going after Miller because it was a ridiculous comment, especially considering the things that Miller himself has said about Gase and McCagnin over the years. And Jude was there to be the one to say, well, somebody's got to do it. Might as well be me. So well done, Jude. 
Yeah, and this ties into what I was just talking about with the last question. Don't sit here and, and go at Matt Miller sitting here talking about how I'm taking shots at him because I can. I don't know him personally. I don't know much about him except what I see on Twitter. But this is, you can have disagreements about things without it being a shot at him, and it was ridiculous for him to say that. Number one, the you have my blessing part of it. Okay, cool. Like <laughs> no fan needs uh, some media person's blessing. I, I nobody needs my blessing to do anything, and I'm a very big deal. If you want to switch allegiances to teams, go switch allegiances to teams. You don't need a good reason. If that's what you want to do, then go ahead and do it. I. Uh, to tell people that you have, they have the, your blessing. That's a little bit crazy. Also, again, I will point this out to sit here and say, especially with the Jets, after every, everything we've seen of the Jets over the last fifty years since they they won the the first and only Super Bowl, firing Mike McCagnan because of the timing is what's going to get you to jump ship. I'm sorry, man. Uh, there's, I know this is a thing, a staple that Jets fans do. Oh, if they do this, I'm out. I'm out. I'm finally done with this team. If firing Mike McCagden is going to get you out, then uh, okay. But firing Mike McCagden is not a reason to leave a team. That's a reason to celebrate. That's a good thing. There's a lot of concerns and worries, fair concerns and worries about this team. But firing Mike McCagnan is not one of them, regardless of the time timing of it. And yeah, it, it, Jude Jude's a real streaky shooter. When when Jude gets hot, he can he can go off, and then he he will miss a hundred shots in a row at other times, and you just bang your head against the wall uh, because it's like, how ah, Jude, you're smart, you're not dumb. How do you not understand this? It seems like he's doing it on purpose, but he went off on Matt Miller, and uh, <laughs> he pulled the receipts out. I don't know how people do all this stuff with the receipts, <laughs> how they keep it organized, how they remember it all. But man, when the people pull, start pulling out the receipts, that's what Twitter's best for. That's my favorite thing of twitter honestly uh it's, it's just seeing people just pull out the receipts on other people and because <laughs> matt miller got buried in receipts and he buried there was other people getting in on it too but jude was more than enough jude was a one-man accountability train <laughs> yes absolutely i, I tweeted out the, a picture picture of game of game of thrones then it daenerys going full jacaris and just burning everything with the dragons that's what jude was doing to, to matt miller this is the overtime podcast network next question comes in from phil he says guys i heard you talking about your favorite breakfast foods do you have any cool breakfast recipes that you wouldn't mind sharing so i'm not going to get into the weeds on half cup of this quarter cup of that or anything like that but i will say that I like to make my waffles and my pancakes in a healthy way, and they still taste really, really good. I'll throw some blueberries in there, too. I like to make banana oat pancakes and banana oat waffles, and what I do is I take bananas. I take Greek yogurt in the place of butter. I take oatmeal, blend it all together, throw in some almond milk, some blueberries, like I said a lot of times, cinnamon, and it tastes really, really good. A lot of people are like, oh, that sounds gross. Why would you want to mix those things? I'm telling you. 
it's all about the texture. That's what those ingredients are for. And when you put it all together, it tastes excellent. I've made it for a bunch of people. They didn't know that I made it a different way. And then I told them, they were like, wow, this is really good. So maybe I'll make a cookbook at some point with my specific recipes. But those are some things that I really like. I like to make healthy waffles and healthy pancakes with a little variety in my ingredients. Yes. See, you asked me, asked me about how food tastes or whatever. I'm, I'm good with it. If it involves me actually cooking it and making it myself, that's when we're going to have a huge problem. So one of the few things I, I can cook and do relatively well is breakfast food, any type of breakfast food. I can make waffles, pancakes, and French toast, but it's just basic, all basic stuff. I, I don't have any fancy recipes. I throw a lot of butter on there and then drown it in syrup, and I go, and that's it. And I, I will attack a nice side of bacon. I'm also just a, a huge fan of just give me two eggs hungry easy with a side of toast to just, just douse in, in the yolk. So uh, my my breast, breakfast tastes are pretty simple. I, I don't typically like to do too much uh, adding up with the, that stuff. I will enjoy like a, a nice apple cinnamon uh, French toast or something someplace. But for my if I'm making it myself, it's going to be pretty basic. I just got word that Matt Miller gives you his blessing to eat what you want for breakfast in the morning. So thank you, Pope Matthew. Really appreciate that one. You have been blessed very big deal by Pope Matt Miller of Bleacher Report. (laughs) (laughs) I'm waiting for his next proclamation. I love these people that do that. I remember when Taz, the former WWE wrestler and former ECW champion, then he was an announcer for TNA for a long time. He went on some of these sports talk radio shows, and now he actually does his own sports talk radio show for CBS, I think. And he was talking about how he was jumping ship from the Jets because them firing Rex Ryan was the last straw. And when I heard that, I said to myself, well, then you've never really been that big of a Jets fan because how big of a Jets fan are you if Rex Ryan getting fired, which, by the way, was well-deserved, was the reason for you to jump ship. So, again, if McCagney getting fired or some random scout who helped McCagney build these 24-40 and teams was the impetus for you saying that people should jump ship, you're either trolling or you have an overinflated sense of self-importance or you just have no idea what's really going on here. Listen, I have been covering this team for a little bit now. And do you have any idea how many times people have tweeted me telling me that this will be the last straw? Well, those same people are, are almost all still tweeting me. Like, they, people love to say that. They love to issue that threat. But they they are always going to come back. They're going to get mad. They're going to get upset. But they're going to come back. So uh, 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 you hear it a lot. Fans are going to be fans. Some people will grow out of it. Some people will just realize, uh, as I say, uh, to quote Bomani Jones, they, they quit that narcotic that uh, life became a little too stressful, revolved around their sports. They took it a little too personally. They moved on. But for the most part, fans are going to be fans. They're going to complain at certain times, and they're going to be extreme, but they're going to come right back. It's like we talk about with our friend Manish. Everybody says, he needs to be fired. He's the worst, blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, the readership numbers go up. He gets more clicks. He keeps getting promotions and more money. Everybody loves to express their anger, but then in the end, they don't actually follow through on it. Well, it's the whole dunking culture on twitter too you got to stop doing this stuff because that's the attention these people want if you really don't want 
Manish doing what he's doing. Stop clicking on his stuff. Stop giving him the attention. Get other people on board with you that everybody else does it. Because as much as you guys think this is a bad look for Manish, it's not. It's making him stronger. Every single time people yell and scream about how they're blocking Manish or they're muting Manish or they hate Manish, like you said, it just makes him stronger because it keeps his name out there and he gets more clicks and he gets more money. So best course of action in a case like that is to just ignore it the same way that I would normally ignore what Matt Miller said, but it was just too much fun to make fun of. So that's how we're going to wrap up the mailbag. Chris, as always, thank you so much for joining me. I'm really glad that we can delve into this mixture of Jets questions that was a little bit different because last mailbag 99% of the questions were about the center position and the Gase McCagnan power struggle this time a lot more balanced and we even got to answer some questions about justified and breakfast recipes so that's a well-balanced mailbag if I've ever seen one for those that don't know what you've got planned over the next couple of days over at jetsinsider.com Chris why don't you go ahead and let them know and let them know how they can follow you on social media yeah, you find the work at JetsInsider.com, or you can follow me on Twitter at CNimbly and at JetsInsider. And yeah, I've come up with a new strategy for my, my social media thing. I'm going to periodically check it throughout the day here and there. So if you have uh, you want some questions that you have, you just feel free to shoot, shoot them at me. I'll answer them periodically. But then around, you know, 6 o'clock at night, 8 o'clock at night, depending on what's going on, I will be taking my break, put my phone away from Twitter. No, don't need to get allow social media to get me worked up while I'm just trying to enjoy a relaxing night. So I always try to respond as much as possible. Sometimes it can be a little bit much if I, if I say something that strikes a particular nerve and then all of a sudden I have like 200 mentions, but I always try to respond. So you can find me at CNimbly and at Jets Insider, and I'll do my best to respond. Feel free to ask Chris questions, but just bear in mind that the best questions are always going to be answered in the mailbag. So save your best questions for the mailbag, right, Chris? Yes, absolutely. Always, always save them. Yeah, you got, you know, you got a good a spicy one, something. Just, just wait for those mailbag tweets that we send out and file them under there. Go ahead and follow Chris on Twitter at CNimbly. Check out his work at JetsInsider.com. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. Let's turn on the Jets digital and turn on the Jets.com.